Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello, Achievers. This is episode 101 of the Next Level Author podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Sasha Black, and here with me every single week is... Daniel Wilcox. I Every time we say that, I'm very, very conscious that we're lying to the public. Like, it's not every single week, is it? There have been one or two occasions in which you've taken a break, so... Yes, but the know. principle, darling, is that we are supposed <laughs> to be here every single week. That is the principle, and that I is just the principle feel so dishonest. I <laughs> <laughs> How are you, darling? Check in with me. How's your week been? Has it been a weird week? You are it's, wearing it's the top. Weird week! It's always been a weird week. Um, yeah, like, I will say it's weird hearing triple digits on this podcast. Like, mm-hmm. 101, 101. Um, and for people that haven't yet listened to last year's last year's Jesus Christ last week's marathon of an episode um, and also not yet seen the 10 minute highlight reel of the first 100 episodes like I highly advise going back to YouTube especially and checking that out um, but yeah it's been it's been a week of Okay, let me just interrupt because there are telephones going off in the background so for listeners and viewers you will either see or hear the fact that uh, my audio is different today and that is because I still didn't have the fucking internet so um I am did you hear that yeah okay yeah so I am I check in... it sounds like someone fell off their chair <laughs> <laughs> it was the front door. <laughs> uh, I am in a co-working space I'm in a kind of meeting booth so you will get some ambiance and if I think it's getting too noisy I'm gonna mute myself whilst you're talking so Yes. Okay, but just just for listeners, that is why you don't have the usual audio quality. Yeah, yeah, and this is sensational. Jesus Christ, the sensational perfectionism that you come to expect from Next Level Authors podcast. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's always something. Um, but yeah, it's been a week of no other way to describe it really than like trying to let myself breathe. Um, I am diligently trying to take the typical pressures off of myself that I usually have oh. while still focusing on the work that needs to be done. So oh, my am... backup question, I might have to ask my backup question instead. Interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of headspace wise trying to be much, much more flexible with the time and things that I do much more forgiving given like current work situation and other mm. stuff that I'm working on. Um, and just allowing myself that grace to enjoy the things that I know that I do enjoy without guilt. Um, so for example, and you know, this is a very poignant example um, for me anyway, is that so Tuesdays and Thursday evenings, my sprint run for activated authors. And on Tuesday, um, I, what day are we on Thursday say on Tuesday, I did the morning sprints. I did like a podcast recording. I did like about 10,000 words of edits on a book that I'm working on. And then in the evening was like, I still need to do more work. But then it got to the evening part and I was like, you know what? I'm not using these sprints to work. I'm going to sit, I'm going to watch Archive 81, which is the thing that I've enjoyed, spoiler alert. Um, so just like small little things where I'm like, I know I'm behind, but I'm not going to get ahead by killing myself. So I'm kind of just trying to long-term view, incrementally take that. Um, 
And also, so two big things this week. Um, one of them, since this is an X Level Authors podcast, like this is probably one of the biggest announcements I made on this show. Um, for me anyway, is that I, as of last night, fundamentally have made the decision that this is my last ghostwriting contract. Mm, no matter Laza. what it takes, whether that's, you know, ramping up the stuff that I'm doing elsewhere, or even if I have to get like another part-time side gig, like I'm, I'm finished. Like it's gotten to the point where, because the really horrible thing is like, <laughs> I used the word horrible, but like, it's not awful work. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, all things considered, it is work that is relatively easy to do, but it's soul destroying at this point because it's sapping a lot of my creative well that I want to use on other things. And so I have reached a point where I don't want to bitch about it anymore. My contract is up um, mid-June, end of July, uh, mid-June, beginning of July. Um, and so I have like three and a half, four months to make something happen and to ensure and you know we've spoken about the difference between making a decision and making a decision mm-hmm. um this is a decision and part of that is i have officially also signed up with the coach the business coach so i have shot over the fees i'm now in the program and over the next few weeks i'm going to be working to start implementing a lot of the advice and the counsel and leveling up my business so that's I my week i think it's really difficult because when you enjoy maybe enjoy is the wrong word but like I love the team that I work with like with mm-hmm. the one freelance stuff that I do I love I like I adore them I I enjoy the work when you enjoy the work and you love the people that you work with it makes it very hard yeah but I suppose it's like what is your why and how big mm-hmm. is your desire for the bigger goal right because mm-hmm. when I leave and stop doing that it's not because I it's it's a very different situation to the situation I was in when I was in the corporate helmet and I was desperate (laughs) to get out and I hated it and like it was literally physically and and mentally killing me whereas that's just not the case here Mm -hmm. which makes it actually harder to leave because you know there are bits of it I really don't want to lose Mm -hmm. but also I know that genuinely if I want to level up my business to the to to the Heady size that I wanted to be, yeah. then I will need all of my time, and yeah. and that will be the only reason when I go that I go. It's about it's about growth and expansion. It's about development and you know just leveling up. And I actually had a conversation with a close friend this week about this very very thing where you know we were speaking about stuff that we enjoy that we no longer do anymore. And it's not that we don't want to do those things. It's just that comparatively, in the grand scheme of things, you can't do everything. Yeah, and it gets yeah. to a point sometimes where like it's a don't get me wrong it's a very privileged lovely position to be in to go like I have so many lovely things going on I have to let this lovely thing not be part of my life yeah but you do you have to pick that direction and if you want to grow if you want to scale if you want to keep learning then sometimes you do have to let things drop that you might love but just don't fit into the bigger narrative of what you're trying to achieve yeah yeah and it's like I am desperate to do more weightlifting Mm. and there is just not time in the way that my day is structured now so I think what I am going to do is do it in the day and accept that I am going to have to work in the evenings but change when I do what works so that I leave my day for the creative stuff and then do admin in front of the tv with Chloe because I can do that because it's just admin and and it's not Mm -hmm. like but the admin takes up loads of it takes up loads of physical time but not headspace if that makes sense so I can do it in front of the tv if that enables me to get um the time 
to do the workouts because the other problem is is when i work out in the evening i don't fucking sleep because i'm full yeah. of endorphins and it's like yep. one one two o'clock in the morning before i go to sleep so it's actually <laughs> a really bad time of day for me to work out i think because of how my like because other people i know can work out in the evening and then and then they pass out and i'm like the fuck mm. i like get pumped so pumped up from working out it's like caffeine injection it is it is literally mm. the equivalent of a caffeine injection for me i know it's not the case for everybody and i'm really jealous of those people who can work out in the evenings and then pass out but that is not me so yeah, yeah. i've i've been trying to think about how i get because my knee is i'm getting back to the point where <clears throat> so i've been to taekwondo last monday and this monday and i'm going again monday i'm not quite back to two a week like this monday i felt like i almost pushed it too far so mm. i'm like my i had like ultrasound treatment yes. or something on my knee and um so he sort of said look go back and go back and do the weights but don't squat with weight only squat with a bar kind of thing mm. so like but um it's fitting that back in i'm like fuck, mm -hmm. get, get all this stuff done anyway so my week uh was um I don't know. My week was. I, I have actually <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed being in this co-working space. The people here are divine. I adore them. Nice. Like they had a pancake competition, which was fantastic and super fun. And like everybody smiles. Like everyone smiles. It makes me so happy. Mm -hmm. Like I forgot that like you can work with people who smile. Nice people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like what is that about? Like in my oh yeah, nobody ever smiled where I used to work. So yeah, it's been really <laughs> nice. Um, <clears throat> I am really desperate for the internet back now though so i can just have control of my time and have all my stuff around me and like when i'm working and and that kind of stuff so yeah i don't know does that i have anything else oh yeah i've been in a really shit mindset space the last i think i've been struggling probably for about six weeks um and i have booked a coaching session with becca which costs quite a lot more than the normal ones but like she is so worth it she's worth every single penny and um yeah I like I feel really sorry for her because I wrote her a fucking essay I was like here are all of the things point by point <laughs> that's that's so useful though because I know speaking from like people that kind of apply for my coaching when they just give you one line of a thing they want to do you're like this isn't helpful I don't no. I can't help you without information well it was probably a thousand words I'll be honest <laughs> nice <laughs> But I started with bullet points and I ended with bullet points. So I felt that that was like, you know, um, so yeah, I did try and book it for my birthday. Cause I was like, oh my God, this would be an amazing birthday present for me. <laughs> um, and then I was like, Chloe, can I do a coaching session in the evening? And she was like, no. And I was like, oh, so I, I, I think she just wants to go for dinner, but I was like, yeah, but we'll be back by then. Um, and she was like, no. So I was like, oh, okay, fine. Um, Oh, no, I think it is just dinner, but she doesn't want to be restricted by time. Mm. Chloe doesn't plan anything. There is nothing planned, trust me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. So that, that has kind of been my week trying to, like, I've been really acutely aware that, like, there is enough negativity in the world that I don't want to be telling my friends that, like, I'm in a really bad headspace. But, like, mm. I'm in a really bad headspace. And um, I have really been struggling. And, like, I wouldn't say I've been, like, going to bed crying, but, like... <laughs> I've not been a good headspace. So I really need to sort my brain out. Um takes time. Yeah. It takes grace, takes forgiveness. It does. What? But forgiveness and grace. What are these fucking I don't know what these words mean. They're not even <laughs> a dictionary. Um, okay, anyway. Uh, right. Wait, so before just just on that, very, very quickly, because I did want to mention this as well, because this is something I threw out to um my my activated authors group. I, I don't want to linger here, but I do want to just do a quick um timestamp bullet point on the fact that 
one big thing that I know that I have struggled with over the last seven days is currently what is going on in the world. And, you know, we don't have to say explicitly, but obviously Russia and Ukraine and the whole situation there. Um, I do just want to do kind of like a general PSA that if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling distracted, that is okay, especially at this moment, because it is hefty news. And I know that personally, it's something that I have been very, very distracted with and concerned about. Um, And that works its way into your work. I think it's really difficult because what is going on there is fucking terrifying and awful. Mm-hmm. But what bothers me is that there are other things that are equally terrifying and awful going on that don't mm-hmm. get the news. So, like, in te- I don't know if you've seen what's going on in Texas and Florida. Depends what you're talking about. So, in Texas and Florida, there are pieces of legislation, and I'm probably going to get the legal words wrong, but in Texas, they are basically um, trying to push through a piece of legislation where they will make it, um, if, if you are a trans child, and your parents are allowing you to transition your parents will be taken to court and imprisoned for child abuse and then in in florida they are changing the laws so that schools no longer protect lgbt kids and have to tell their parents and like i'm not detracting from ukraine and russia i i i'm worried I worry for the people that we know. I know design cover companies that are there, you know, like we all know somebody who's affected by it, but it bothers me that there are also other things going on. And, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know which thing to worry about. There's so much Mm -hmm. shit in the world. Like, I don't know, like there are scary things in lots of different countries right now. So I don't know if you are in another country and experiencing something awful, like my thoughts are with you as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's okay at this point to feel that anxiety and yeah. like, it's normal. You're not alone. So yeah. Again, yeah. be, what's the word? Be kind to yourself. Yeah. 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 There you go. Okay. Patreon. We don't have uh, any new patrons, do we? No new patrons this week, but for anyone who wants to get the show early and get involved in our monthly Q and A's then head on over to patreon.com forward slash next level authors. And just for easy access, the link is always in the show notes. Excellent. Um, do we have any notices? Oh, uh, no, this is. Um, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll shout out the Activated Authors community for anyone that wants to find out more about all the stuff I'm doing over there, supporting authors, providing lots of sort of monthly resources and ways to level up your business. Then head on over to activatedauthors.com to find out more. Yes. Um, and I don't think I, I think I'm probably going to have a birthday discount. Uh, <gasps> Yes. Oh my God, you're such a Pisces. I know. But I haven't actually sorted it, so I'm not going to... I don't know what it is. Yeah, I've got a few things coming up, but I'm like, I'm not yet ready to advertise, but they will be there. Yeah, I think it's a... I think it will be 35% off of everything. Um, Oh, because you're 35. You can go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Over in the corner, or by your fucking self. Wait until you do your 50% discount. You need to back <laughs> away from this conversation <laughs> sunshine <laughs> uh, um yeah so technically when this goes out it will be two days before my birthday so happy birthday me um <clears throat> and yes yeah, so if you want i will by the time this goes out i will have put something in the show notes so if you want a discount on like my books or whatever my course uh courses uh then you can get that by looking in the show notes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, thing of the week. What have you enjoyed? Archive 81. Um, so Archive 81, 
essentially birthed itself as a podcast and has been picked up by Netflix as a series for their platform. And it's one of those that I've no, I didn't actually get around to listening to Archive 81, but I am two episodes into the show and it is fantastic and gripping and slow and horrible. And like, there's just a lot of stuff going on. Um, and it's, it's rare that I find a show that kind of like takes me in straight away. And I'm just really, really enjoying it. It's got a really sort of um, strong mystery about it that, that keeps you wanting to watch and, and find out more. And yeah, Archive 81. Nice. I like it. How about you? Um, well, uh, a couple of things. I've enjoyed being in this space. <clears throat> I've enjoyed having people around me, uh, mm. which has been lovely. Uh, but I also saw, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Claire Lydon posted on Instagram uh, a graphic of all of the podcasts that she listens to. And um, one of them that stood out was um, the High Performance podcast. Now, mm. of course, High Performance... <laughs> We all know Little Miss Competitive is going to enjoy that. So, um, yeah, I have been listening to the High Performance Podcast and it's basically hosted by Jake Humphreys and someone else. Um, and they interview athletes, entrepreneurs, uh, footballers, anyone who's like peak, peak, peak performer. And it's all about like success, competition, winning, how you how like their career their mindset um all stuff like this so um i've really i've i've started binge listening to that i also am binge listening to her podcast and i'm very nearly caught up actually i have literally listened to like well over 100 well i haven't listened to all 100 yet but i'm like i have been yeah i'm beasting my way through it um anyway and uh yeah but so now i also have another one that i'm beasting which is this high performance podcast and i wanted to make a request if anybody else listens to performance podcasts Mm -hmm. podcasts about success or winning or like anything like that please do uh let me know because i would like to fill my ears and my brain with like success mindset stuff so mm. yes please do uh, i don't know tag me or or dm me on instagram that's probably the best way to get hold of me i'm shit at every other juncture um and uh one other one simon hurry is a strengths <laughs> uh coach it's just the titans thing titan to no talent to titan it's called talent the number two uh titan and yeah i i have been listening to his podcast and it is fantastic did i mention that one before i mentioned that one before. on sunday yeah yeah that's why but i'm getting confused four off the top of my head i don't know if you listen to any of them um impact theory with tom billy okay that's fantastic uh school of greatness with lewis howells i yeah i've done that one diary of a ceo mm, is that stephen who? bartlett might be um and pretty intense with danica patrick that one i haven't heard of pretty intense okay. might have to yes. um get you to tell me those again afterwards oh yeah. she's very um marmite i feel but you might enjoy mm. it mm. okay um do we have comments are we gonna do we, comments we do have comments so uh the last episode was episode one hundo how have you grown since episode one and Meg Dolly says, congrats, you two. Thanks for the weekly dose of giggles and motivation. The last two years have been insane. The last two years have brought what feels like a revolution here too. Life was really messy a couple of years ago. Worked hard on healing, evolution, enlightenment, and alignment. Feel like a different person here than two years ago, for sure. Working with power and purpose on big goals. Edwin Downwards says, congrats on keeping up the pace for so long. With the cancellation of the right as well, you became my number one listen every week because of the way you two gel. Aww. As for answering the question of how I have, how like have I grown? oil and water, darling, like oil and water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, as for answering the question of how have I grown over the last two years, in part thanks to your presence in my life, the answer has to be a willingness to step ever further out of my comfort zone to explore opportunities that have come my way, which I absolutely love. Um, everything you love is on the other side of fear. Uh, that was my adage. Shane Miller says, brilliant episode, guys. Laughed, cried, nearly pissed myself. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds like a messy experience. I hope you weren't in public. Um, I have grown in a lot of ways since episode one. By the time episode 101 airs, I will have published three fiction books, which is huge. There were, there were none out in the world a couple of months ago. Um, I will have published three fiction books and be starting my first non-fiction book for writers. And I owe a lot of that to both of you. You've each helped me realize that this career path is viable and boosted my writerly confidence no end. Thank you for being the brilliant, inspiring humans you are. I hope this compliment doesn't give you a significant sweaty eyeball, Sasha Black. It would be really embarrassing if you cried on air. Rumble. Uh, that'll be something we could get the VA on. It's just getting a compilation of all the times you've teared up. That'd be that'd be a nice little video we could put together. Is this like Bully Sasha week it's or something? Just an idea. Just an idea. Dick, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Right, confess. Quarter one challenge. Dan will dictate two novels, launch a survey, write three short stories, and launch a new podcast. Fess uh, bitch. one novel done working on the survey one short story written but i'll be working on something um over the next few days um podcast launched so you've got two short stories and a novel and a survey still to do yes oh i know it's, it's beginning to cut close i've got four weeks to make it all happen it will gonna, it will happen i'm gonna will it okay cool i mm-hmm. might just prep up a forfeit just in case <laughs> go for it <laughs> okay so sasha will read a minimum of five sapphic books i've read six i've read 24 books and six of them have been sapphic which i feel like is a good what's the word ratio yes that's the word sure. um although i am trying now very hard to not read anything else but sapphic books for a little while uh implement mm-hmm. outsourcing tick 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 uh check off five things off the new business plan boom done mm. i i am clear i am Smashing it, mate. achieved uh-huh. Um, okay, so question of the week. So, uh-huh. uh, well, see, here's the thing. I was going to ask a question that was selfish. And I feel like maybe I should ask my backup question. Um, although, uh, I really want to ask my selfish question. I think I'm going to keep the backup question. question. Okay, right. So we have skirted around this question um, on numerous times. We have sort of asked um on the periphery and we've even almost covered the topic i swear if it's how is your sex life i'm gonna cry (laughs) (laughs) so dan how is your sex life (laughs) no okay so the question of the week is how do you know it's worth the risk oh man so the answer i feel for me anyhow is will come across pretty woo-woo in many ways. I think if it's... And does your answer change depending on the size of the risk? Okay, just take the question again, just so I get the wording. So the question was, how do you know it's worth taking the risk? So in a way, you can never truly know until you've taken the risk. Like it's it's a risk to take the risk, if that makes sense. Like you could take the risk and then find out that the thing that you feared isn't as fearful. Or you can find out that like the thing isn't for you. But I think 
a lot of the journey is much more in taking the risk and the growth of that process. Um, most of the risks that I have taken and continue to take, and you know, I can speak very, very clearly to this coach that I've just taken on, like it's a considerable amount of money um, and it terrifies me. And it was a decision that I mulled over for a while, but the entire time I was mulling over it, I knew I was going to do it. But allowing myself that time to... <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, man. <laughs> allowing myself to take that time was more, almost like me justifying to future self that I'd done due diligence. So I, I approached five different coaches for discovery calls. I spoke with three of them because two of them didn't turn up on time. And I'm like, if I'm spending considerable considerable amounts of money, you best damn turn up on time to that first meeting because that's going to give me the impression of who you are and, and what you're about. And I'm not in this to fuck around. The first meeting I had, they said all the right things, clearly knowledgeable, clearly trained in their, in their um, field and the stuff that they offered. But it just didn't feel right. Mm. Like it just, there was something about it that I was like, for the value that I want and for what I feel that I need, something here just doesn't feel right. And it really was like a gut instinct that like, she was lovely. She was, as I say, like said all the right things, knew what she was talking about, but it just, it just didn't feel right. The coach that I've gone with is one that I, I think I mentioned before that I don't know well, but we've had a chat or two over the past year, sort of no obligation, just literally sort of friend to friend on certain things. And I knew they did some form of coaching didn't exactly know what it was, but I just reached out and just said, you know what, since I'm setting the table and looking at all these different decisions and like just trying to like get the information that I need, I'll have that meeting. And I think within about five minutes of, of chatting with him, just it clicked and it felt right. And you can tell a lot from how people phrase answers to questions, the kind of things they say, what they offer, like just, you know, there, there, there is like, again, it sounds really woo-woo, but like an aura around how people are saying stuff and kind of how that connects with you and what you feel that you need. And then I had a third call. And can I, can I ask, can I interject? Yeah. Because you are, you've taken or you're about to take two different risks. So you've got the coaching financial mm-hmm. outlay, and then you've got quitting ghost writing, which mm-hmm. is a financial income. Yes. So you've got one outgoing and one incoming mm-hmm financial risk do they feel different to you no so they were both as easy to make the decision as each other oh I never said easy well it's only because (sighs) like in my brain in terms of how I weigh risk the outlay of the coach I'd have just that wouldn't have been a that wouldn't have been I I just would have done it right but this is because of my risk tolerances I think and because I know that the outcome of having coaching is really good I don't like do you know what I mean whereas the risk of of dropping income that is reliable feels like a different risk to me yeah I mean you could view them that way I I don't um I don't know why um but also like you know you've done very well to get a lot of value from the coaching that you've got but equally there are a lot of people out there that snoop that snipe and that could have been a very different experience for you so it might be the fact that you know it has turned out well that has sort of colored that lens for you in terms of the rewards that you are getting like you know 
hands down, I'm going to put the money down here and I trust these people because I've used these people and they've delivered, which is a very different experience to, you know, that case where you've put down big chunks of money, which, you know, I had that experience, what, less than three months ago in which a coaching program I was meant to be on didn't follow through and disappointed massively. Um, and what I'm actually doing now is spending more money than I was then on someone else. And just every touch point, every experience along the lines has been um, just more confidence building and greater. And yeah, and I don't know, like it is, I think you get more used to how risk feels the more you go through your journey and the more you take. Because when you're, and you know, let's use the writing journey as an example, because obviously that's kind of where we're, we're both at, but like taking those risks initially, you don't always have the full breadth of information or you don't have your own personal experience of taking those steps of taking that risk. And it's certainly not a decision that I would have taken about three years ago. Um, but there, there is a real just visceral gut reaction that this will help. And one thing I was very, very cautious of is because I know that um, one phrase that I've mentioned before that always sticks with me is that true change only ever comes from inspiration or desperation. And what I don't want to do is come at this from a decision made from desperation. Like it needs to come from being informed again, like you kind of say, like seeing the benefits and seeing how that would outweigh and, and bring things back. And, you know, the, the hope with this program is because it's got sort of got this monthly payment plan um, for a period of time is that if this program works within three or four months, that's covered. Like it's a thing I don't have to worry about. That's the whole point of this program is that it's built in a way to sort of eat its own um, debt so you can then carry on and grow. Um, but yeah, like, I think I'm learning that risk often feels the same, no matter the size for me, but the different, the, the significance that is changes. Fascinating. That mm -hmm. is fascinating to me. Like, yeah. I think my mind just melted out of my ear holes <laughs> that risk feels the same to you regardless. Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I need to like intellect on that. <laughs> um but i mean you know different parts of your life can sort of you, loads of different risks whether that's personal whether that's business whether it's financial whether it's you know um emotional i don't know uh but one thing that i always say to people especially when they come well there, there are two things from this i kind of want to get across number one is that if it feels difficult but it feels right it's because it matters and there's a way to make that happen like if you're worrying about something and if people are sort of trying to talk you out of it but you're like convicted that this is this is the right way and you know that it's hard but you kind of you see what that benefit is like it, it truly matters and that's a decision you should take in my opinion um and the second point's just flown out of my head yeah it's totally gone now um but yeah, like uh, that's that's kind of where I come from. If I, if I come from a point of I cannot stop thinking about this thing, like you've you've weighed up the pros and the cons, and you're oh that, that's that's the other point. If you're already if you're at the point where you're questioning it, you've already made the decision. Like I've had it so often with people that are like oh like I just how do you know when you're ready to leave the day job? I'm like well it sounds like your brain is already there and you just want someone to say do it so that the responsibility isn't yours, it's someone else giving you that direction um and you know bringing this back to something we mentioned a while ago if someone's coming up to you and saying like oh like i don't know whether or not i should leave my boyfriend or my girlfriend like they've probably already made that decision in their head 
But again, you're waiting for someone else to give you permission to do it so that it's less responsibility on you because it is a big decision. But it's friction and it's tough and it matters. So I so. think I need to go and input some psychology around decision making because mm. I find like <clears throat> one, obviously, you know, my background is in psychology. I did psychology in the uh, international baccalaureate. I did it for my degree and I've got a master's in psychology. And I suppose the academic in me is now interested to understand what it is that turns that thinking about the decision that you've actually already made into executing yeah into executing that decision um because i think that's a really good and valid point Mm. and earlier on i'm gonna have to go back and listen to the video because when i was like oh like when you (laughs) like you started talking and then i was like oh fuck's sake um Uh and it's because i was like oh yeah i think i have already made the decision yeah. I just didn't realize I'd made the decision. Um, I think as well, just very, very quickly, like it's that classic adage of does the risk outweigh the reward or does the risk, does the reward outweigh the risk? You know, how what if you how... don't know? Like, what if that is part of the problem? The reward is unknown. Then how set up are you in the rest of your life to be able to accommodate for if that does fail? And don't what do will fail. You, what will you learn if you do fail? No. just no I cannot accept failure (laughs) Uh, I don't even I can't even even allow that thought into my head no this is and I'll this slightly goes off topic but this is something that I find fascinating about me and you because we I remember very early on sort of a couple of years ago we had this kind of conversation about like um, yeah about like I have a plan b in terms of like if this doesn't go I've always got like a backup of like (laughs) another alternate route and you're like yeah no "No." yeah Yeah. (laughs) No, and it just it takes me back to that um, Simpsons gif of the train just like smashing through the tunnel into the mountain. Yeah. Oh my god. Which is used so for very I'm different g- things. I'm but... going to tell you a funny story. Um, my I don't know if I've ever told you this. My dad always has has Staffordshire Bull Terriers. Do you know what a staff looks like? Yes. Okay, so they have these like gigantic heads that sort of have a like they have two bulbous mm. like bits in their head. Anyway. Where is this very, <laughs> very distinctive. We just reminded me because you were talking about the juggernaut trait. So my dad obviously is also number one competition. And um my dad has always had staffs because they are like, if they were human, they would be number one competition, number two focus, right? And they will bite and not let go. Yes, they don't they get locked jaw actually. It's mm-hmm. actually really bad for the dog to get locked jaw, but um bit like uh, uh, somebody with competition and focus who like will just burn themselves into the ground anyway not the point the point of this story is I have never ever ever known a story to epitomize competition and focus more than this particular story so my dad has this dog he's had three staffs this was the first dog called Ansel and this dog was just the sweetest most loving so soft with kids like just that it was so loyal and like when I was sick as a kid he would not leave my cot until Mm. uh, unless it was for his walk or his food and he would just go back and sit with me like he was adorable anyway these dogs get a really bad rap because because of stories like this but anyway so my dad was in this field walking the dog right and um this field is sort of fenced off with these like big wooden fences and all and my dad lets the dog off the lead because there was no one else in the field and then all of a sudden the dog so Ansel spots a rabbit and it's a wild bunny and he wants the bunny right the dog wants the bunny the the dog is going to have the bunny no matter what so the bunny obviously like kind of checks sees that the dog has seen him and fucking 
bolts across this field it is like there's like dust flicking up everywhere because the bunny's running so fast <laughs> like 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 pounding <laughs> across this this um field his tongue's wagging like like in the wind he's running so fast and he's getting closer and closer and closer and the bunny's like reaching this fence and there must have been this tiny little hole in the fence because the bunny fucking vanishes through this fence into wherever it's gone and the dog competition on focus locked on just plows into this fence like didn't see the fence the fence didn't exist the only thing that existed was the fucking bunny and the dog right that was it so he pile drives into this fence gets up absolutely astonished that something had stopped him is <laughs> 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 clueless to the fact that this fence exists he fucking bounces off the fence he's going that fast he smashes into this foot <laughs> and bounces off gets up shakes himself off and fucking runs <laughs> on the fence <laughs> and he just smashes into the fence again and just as surprised when the fence existed the second time as oh it was my God. the first time never ever ever have I known a better description of competition and focus? Yeah. Like it is just that is that is pure competition and focus. Am I right um, in thinking they're um, a banned dog breed in the UK now? No, I don't think like so. Like banned to breed, it's either that or mastiffs. Might be a mastiff. Staffs are that because then there's also like pit bulls that, and like they have like. Oh, I'm thinking pit bulls. There we go. And it might be a pit bull. Yeah, no, that's not no. what he is. He's a Staffordshire Bull Terrier, but it, but he often gets discriminated and stigmatized because he looks like a chunk of meat which he really they are they are blocks of meat um with very large jaws mm-hmm. so yeah um anyway that was a little story for you from my childhood um i can't even remember why i was saying that have i even answered the question i don't even think no, I it's your the time. question <laughs> I don't have an answer for this question. Perfect. Thanks for joining everyone. Yeah. Episode 101. <laughs> well, clearly there's something going on in the background here. Yeah, yeah, of course. I asked it for selfish reasons because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I risk feels different to me. Like, this is what's really interesting. Now, um, so the yellow strengths generally have quite high tolerances to risk. So, like, risk certainty is the other end of the spectrum. And I am all the way on the end of the spectrum with risk. I am usually quite willing to take quite significant risks um, because I don't fail probably, but also because um, I don't know, like, I don't know. I like the pressure of a risk. I like the pressure. I like the pressure of like not really knowing if it's going to pay off and like having to find a way to make it pay off. Like Mm. that ignites a bit of fire in me. Um, I like the, the pressure of a risk when it's do or die. So like the bigger the risk, the more I like it. Like, so, so like to me, quitting freelance, I would literally not be able to pay my mortgage. That is the kind of risk that I really like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which sounds insane. It's going to sound insane to loads of people. But when, when it's like, you have to, if you take the risk, you have to deliver. That is the kind of vicious pressure that I 
thrive under. And usually when I, when I take a risk like that, it pays off because I will do anything to win like literally anything. And, and, and I suppose in that way, like a risk becomes a competition to me. And that is mindset, right? Because it's not a competition to everybody, but in order for me to perform and in, in order to win that risk, I make it a competition, right? And, and that is just about wording. It's um, semantics, but that's what works for me. Um, so I don't, what even was my question? <laughs> How do you know when it's worth the risk? How do I know when it's worth the risk? I, I, it is, there is a gut feeling, right? So, but, so like, like chucking out money on coaching to me is like, okay, that is a financial risk because like, that will mean I can't do other stuff later in that month. But <clears throat> having the knowledge, power, mindset shift afterwards is worth it for the amount of work that I can then produce afterwards. Mm-hmm. Quitting freelance feels different because that would put a financial burden on the family. Oh, I don't know. It's such yeah. a hard question for me to answer, which is exactly why I asked you the question. And in terms of like, I definitely recognize what you were saying in that um, the minute you start asking the question, you've already made the decision, mm-hmm. but there is something to be said about due diligence. And yeah. like, so, so for example, I'm one of these people that will, like have made the decision, but then go and do a load of market research. Like, or, you know, I, like, I will go, I'll need to go and inform myself of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so that definitely helps to, to know, but there are certain things where you just can't know, like quitting the day job. There is no way to know whether or not you're going to fail or succeed. Nope. And so that then becomes a different type of risk choice because like when you're in the corporate world you do like rag ratings and you have to like risk mitigate and all that and I used yeah. to like oh my god I used to rail against that shit I used to hate risk meetings I used to because hate risk assessments risk 16, assessments like pages there. yeah because it was all internal for me right and this is the thing that I've only learned recently the reason why I um didn't like that kind of work is because I have an internal barometer for risk and Mm -hmm. I mitigate risks unconsciously and I um I have a higher tolerance for risk as well so things that are that people would put on our bloody risk monitors that I'd be like the fuck is this on the risk monitor for like this is a load of nonsense um but that's not like that's me being blind and not seeing it from somebody else's perspective yeah. um <clears throat> I had a point and I've lost my point um yeah how do you know when it's worth the risk yeah and so I think it comes back to what I was saying before like how much do you want it so like leaving your day mm-hmm. job is a giant fucking risk it is huge you may not be able to pay your bills what are you going to do in that circumstance like you can do certain things like create a savings buffer in order to prevent you from not paying the mortgage if you you know you can dip into the savings or whatever and those things do help to to mitigate some of that risk but ultimately would you would you rather not try at all Mm -hmm. I suppose is the question I think that is the other side of the coin it's like in not making a decision you're making a decision yeah I hate that right 
Yeah. Like all life is, is about decisions. That it, that is it. That's like that. The one thing I did, cause I hated 4,000 weeks, right? I feel like I'm only just coming out the other side of, of the malaise that that bloody book put me in. But the one thing that I did take from it is that no matter what our life is just a long series of decisions. Mm -hmm. And if you refuse to decide, you are deciding not to decide and yeah. that will lead you down one path. And I would rather be the controller and decide things than I would not. Yeah. There's, um, cause I've been watching lots of this stuff this week. There's a, a Jimmy Carr interview in which someone says to him, like, what is the meaning of life? And he says five words, enjoying the passage of time, which is essentially all that we do boils down to in terms of the finiteness of, of our existence, if we're going to get super deep, mm. but also there's the, um, I can't remember who who kind of says it, but the the idea of like life is hard. Like choosing to go after your dream job is hard. Staying in the day job is hard. Choose your hard. Like yeah. making an effort in your relationships <clears throat> is hard. Like sitting back and doing nothing is hard. Like you, everything that you do is a choice. Yeah, and what what would be hardest for me is not making the decision to take the risk, and then watching someone else take the risk. Yeah, and succeeding that would be life ending for me yeah <laughs> so yeah, i think so that's how you know yeah and statistically as, as we both kind of said like you're never gonna you never know if the risk is worth the reward until you've taken the step and like with um my coaching for example like i say i knew that i was going to make the decision deep down i didn't voice it but then the first thing i did was look deeper into the website look at customer testimonials listen to the podcast like just really try and get a sense of whether the small snippet of what I'd spoken about with this guy was expanded into everything else that he does, because we have our own moral code and our own values. And that's what drives us. And when it gets to a point where, you know, if you're in the day job, but it's making you miserable and you're thinking, I want to leave that and try to go full time. How hard does it have to rub against your values to make you make that decision? Yeah. What because is your you pain could, point? What, where yeah. is your pain point? You could sit comfortably and not enjoy and be guaranteed you know the security which isn't security because you can still get made redundant and there's still risk in sitting in um is it jim carrey talks about how his dad wanted to be a comedian um but had to give well he gave it up to be an accountant or something so that he could raise a family and kids and in his 40s or 50s he got made redundant from the job that he didn't want so he's like i'd rather fail at trying to do the thing that i love than failing at the thing that I didn't want to do in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. And there's no wrong decision here. We're not judging. We're not sitting here judging anybody. We're just, no, you know, not, not like you say, you have to choose your hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And everyone does have a different risk tolerance. And so yeah, everyone has different situations. Okay like, yeah, yeah, you might be working seven days a week with, with kids and other people to look after. You might be sort of free and, you know, fairly just able to use your time for different things. Like everyone's situation is different. So... Yeah. Big question. Okay. Deep question. What's Thursday morning. Question? Jesus fucking Christ. I know. Actually. I know. It's been 10 o'clock <laughs> on Thursday. Right. Well, okay. So that's it. We will see you. Oh, wait. So audience question of the week. How do you know when it's worth the risk? Mm, interesting. The answers. Yes. And we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Activated Authors podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast.
We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Level Authors. Maybe we can get someone's like dirty secrets in the background. Yeah. <laughs> like he just walked in when we were like going at it. And like, I turned around <laughs> and I thought he was going to shout, but he kind of like winked and then walked closer, which freaked me out more. So I was like, I want to cheat on you, but I really don't want a threesome. So wow. I told him to fuck off. Long the- story short, I'm now banging his brother. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> <laughs>